My name is Dr. Tram Jones, and since 2019, my wife and I have been living in Haiti. This is the story of our life there and the patients we've seen. This is part four of a five-part series on earthquakes in Haiti. Today, for a change, we're going to talk about something uplifting. In the last two episodes, we were critical as we looked at the ways in which organizations tackled the aftermath of the deadly 2010 earthquake. But there were successes. Many of these were on a small scale, but at least one was a major victory for the country. Today, I'm going to talk about Partners in Health. Partners in Health, known as Zami La Santé in Haitian Creole, began in 1985 in the central plateau of Haiti. A group of American doctors teamed up with an Episcopal priest in the small village of Kaj. The doctors learned Creole and lived for long stretches of the year in Haiti. Over time, a clinic was built and then a small hospital. Later, clinics popped up in the areas surrounding the primary hospital until there were clinics throughout the entire central plateau of the country. By the time of the Haitian earthquake in 2010, it was the largest healthcare provider in the country. Now, while I said that it was started by several Americans, it shifted quickly to a Haitian leadership model. And I don't mean that there were Haitian workers. I don't mean that there were Haitians that were included in the leadership panel to create diversity. I mean they actually led the organization with the Americans. The Americans spent months at a time living in the country and worked together with the community. This allowed them to understand over time who might make good leaders. Their organizational structure is similar to the nonprofit that I work for, Light from Light. The doctors had created an American organization incorporated in the U.S. that helped to fundraise and partner with the Haitian organization. And the Haitian side, incorporated in Haiti, was led by Haitians. The hospitals and clinics were leaders in tuberculosis and HIV treatment. Realize that tuberculosis and HIV management are two of the hardest public health interventions. With tuberculosis, you have to have an employee watch, physically watch, the patient take their medication every day for six to nine months. With HIV, patients are required to take medication every day without fail for the rest of their lives. If any doses are missed for either diagnosis, the microbe becomes at risk for resistance. Creating an organization that does one-off treatments or surgeries is much, much easier logistically. But with TB and HIV, you must track down patients, often going to their homes to seek them out if they stop coming to the clinic. Also keep in mind that HIV and tuberculosis are highly stigmatized diseases in Haiti, as they are in the rest of the world. With this, Partners in Health was required to learn the underlying culture and how to make patients feel comfortable. This took decades of work. In the months after the earthquake, funds started to pour into Partners in Health, already recognized as one of the most reputable healthcare organizations operating in the country. That very same concert that we talked about last episode that supported the American Red Cross efforts in Haiti also supported Partners in Health. And yet, there was a major difference in outcome. Partners in Health had already been building and working in Haiti for 25 years. The board of directors and leaders discussed and debated what to do with the additional funds. Eventually, and apparently this was controversial, they decided to build a teaching hospital. And not just any teaching hospital. They planned for it to be a model for the rest of the world. Partners in Health was well-placed to undertake this project. The leaders had decades of experience. The Americans and Haitians had worked hand-in-hand, and the Haitians were in positions of power to provide context to succeed. The Americans spoke Creole, and many of the Haitians spoke English. The Americans had worked with the Haitian leaders for long enough and intimately enough to trust them fully. 
They knew that they had chosen personnel well and that these were the correct national leaders to manage such a large project. And the Haitians had worked with the Americans to understand that they could be honest and open with them about the challenges they faced. Crucially, too, Partners in Health had experience with this sort of work and this scale. If you had asked Partners in Health in their early years, when they only had a small clinic, to build a massive hospital, there's a good chance they would have failed. It would have been a big leap. You need organizations not just with the cultural knowledge, but also experience working at the scale of the proposed project. Yes, you want somebody with understanding of the landscape, but I would not suggest that you expect the proprietor of a one-room schoolhouse to be able to jump to building and managing a large new high school. But at this point in their life cycle, Partners in Health had already slowly built past the clinic stage to a mid-sized hospital and then a system. They were well-positioned to take on this project. Over the three years after the earthquake, a $17 million hospital was built. It eventually included 300 beds and was fully self-sufficient with solar panels. In fact, at the time it was built, it was the largest hospital in the world fully run on solar. You could compare this $17 million to the half-billion dollars raised by the American Red Cross and the six permanent houses they built. But the most apt contrast is with the large Port-au-Prince General Hospital being built in downtown Port-au-Prince. Let's take a short detour to discuss that. In the seconds following the 2010 earthquake, Haiti's largest hospital, Port-au-Prince General, sustained significant damage. The nursing school completely collapsed. Countless patients, employees, and visitors died. At least 50% of the campus could no longer be used. As the dust settled and countries wanted to help Haiti rebuild, France and the United States came together to build a new general hospital with 500 beds. Sounds great. And yet, delay after delay occurred. They had teamed up with the Haitian government, whose track record in development projects was abysmal at best. I'm sure the U.S. government would have liked to have had a stable of Haitian leaders that they had already worked with, but they didn't have that. They had never built a hospital in Haiti before, didn't have a long history. So instead, they turned to the political class in Haiti, widely viewed as massively corrupt, as well as European contractors with little experience in the country. Today, after 10 years and $100 million, the hospital has still not been finished. What is more, if the hospital is successfully finished, it's so bloated that its operational budget will take up 30% of the national healthcare budget. Why was Partners in Health so successful? Let's review this by comparing directly to the work of the American Red Cross. Like we said, Partners in Health had a long history in Haiti. Could the Red Cross have replicated this, even though they had just arrived in the country? There is one aspect that is problematic for new nonprofits in the midst of a disaster in a developing country, and that is trust. Everyone is telling you to listen to the locals. You would have to be under a rock to have not heard the message. But you have no idea which locals you can trust and which you cannot. Imagine you've just arrived in Port-au-Prince Airport, and it's chaos. Your job is to decide how to rebuild. So you set out. Over the next few months, you meet Haitian engineers and people who want to sell you land. The engineers are telling you how to build a concrete house using Haitian materials and labor. And you think to yourself, Either the buildings are built differently in Haiti, or the engineer has no idea what they're talking about. But you're not sure. You could ask for references, but you have no idea if these references were simply bribed by the builder. You have no idea if he's inflating his prices or what a normal price might be. The people who have found land for you, they might be great people. But they also might own the land, or they might be fully incompetent. As you run into this type of situation month after month, eventually you decide 
I'm just going to go with American leaders. But of course, as we've mentioned time and again, having an American, particularly one with no experience in Haiti, and who cannot speak the language, is a recipe for disaster. They don't know how to deal with land rights, gangs, the convoluted import system, or building trust in the surrounding communities. On the other hand, if you start with some small projects and slowly get to know the community, you have a chance to learn the prices of things, the people you can trust, and the people you can't. The people you can trust can set you up with credible other people when you need to get something done. You keep doing project after project. You incorporate national leaders and get to watch them lead and learn their capabilities. Eventually, 25 years later, when an influx of cash comes, you know what it takes to build something. And lo and behold, in three years, a world-class hospital was built just north of a former disaster zone. The two scenarios could not be more different. And when you express it like that, it's obvious which organization will succeed. But unfortunately, we as nonprofits consistently make the same mistakes. We think that we can rush into disasters with little to no understanding and succeed because of our spreadsheets and timetables. It doesn't work that way. The best thing to succeed in the aftermath of a disaster is to invest in organizations that are already there. Real, effective change is possible in Haiti, but rarely does it happen in big, sexy, splashy ways, at least not at first. If you go into Haiti for the first time and want to spend a million dollars in your first year, you're going to run into trouble. That will attract the wrong kind of people. You must start slow and build up trustworthy, good leaders. You see how people handle $100 then $1,000. You see how they handle hard years. It has to include understanding of the people, who you can trust and who you cannot. And in the end, those credible leaders must make decisions. At this point, after years of tinkering and perfecting, you can be ready for the next earthquake. We have sought to follow a similar model. Our clinic is separately incorporated and led solely by Haitians. They decide which projects are important and what priorities are. Yes, Americans love to be in control. We love to get our American-style metrics and our American business management. But in another country with wildly different problems, is it possible that we don't understand the reality on the ground? The answer, from my nearly two years in Haiti, is a resounding yes. If you live in Haiti long enough, you can start to understand. But if you arrive in a country Monday and start ordering people around on Tuesday, you're going to have no idea what you're doing. As for Partners in Health, in 2019, the teaching hospital received ACGME status. For those of you not in medicine, this is the highest standard of physician education. It meant that their resident physicians were receiving training at a level on par with the United States. They were the first program from a developing country anywhere in the world to achieve this status. 123 resident physicians have graduated and 98% chose to remain in Haiti. Change is possible and it can be long-lasting and transformative change. But we must learn to be patient and relational, to start slow and build up. And if we do that, a better world can be built together. Thank you for listening. Every Wednesday morning, we publish a new narrative from life here. We are simply telling stories as we have seen them in Haiti. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a rich history, and there are many Haitian voices that can tell the story of Haiti in all its facets, and we encourage you to seek them out. As we made this episode, some names may have been changed to protect confidentiality. 
If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about the work of Light from Light in Haiti or to get involved, visit us on the web at lightfromlight.me. Thank you and God bless.